This is Better Business Coach, session number 11. This is the Better Business Coach podcast, your source for critical sales training, proven education, and actionable worksheets, all downloadable for immediate use. We work hard so you don't have to. Now your host, the rapid growth guy himself, Matthew Pollard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Better Business Coach. My name is Matthew Pollard, and as always, I am your rapid growth guy. Today, I have an exciting episode planned, and I've got a bit of a surprise. I have Aprily Janes, and Aprily Janes left work in 2003 after 20 years as a successful business consultant. She threw away her corporate suit to work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Today, she helps them boldly leverage their stories so they stand out in the noisy marketplace. She is now a speaker, author, podcast host of the Boulder Business Podcast, which is one that I just featured on and I had an absolute ball. So I'm very much looking forward to introducing April. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Matthew. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm, it's kind of different to be on the other side of the mic. We had we did have a good time the other day talking. <laughs> I have to say, after our show, and I apologize, we went on, we were just having a conversation offline. We probably went on 20 minutes longer than I was supposed to. Yeah, but it was all great. <laughs> it was good fun, too. So I have to admit, though, I was exhausted at the end of it, and I hope to leave you in the same mess by the end of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Tit for tat. Yep. <laughs> So you are talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, and I love talking about stories because they're really, really engaging and they get people in. And I've just a few sessions ago over in session 10 of the Better Business Coach podcast talked about we're going to mention stories at some stage coming up very, very soon and just how exciting that is for their ability to sell and their their ability to coach and so many other things. So why don't you start, because I know this is one of your favorite topics to talk about as well. Could you tell us a little bit about the science behind stories and why they work? Well, when I first started looking at story, and, and I'm a creative writer as well, so I've always had a great love for story and a great respect for it. But I got wondering, you know, why why is it that we are so attracted to story? And I used to say it's in our DNA. But when I started digging deeper into the science, I discovered there are real physical reasons why we respond the way we do to stories and why it is such a powerful tool for us in our businesses. First off, we all know about that no like and trust factor. And we get into business and suddenly we seem our brains kind of go I don't know, go on recess or something and we think we got to convince people with facts and statistics and all these other things. And that just doesn't feed into the no like and trust factor. We want people to come closer. We want them to create a bond with us. We want them to be in harmony with us so so that when we talk to them, there's a connection that's made. And stories do that for us. There was a graduate university study that was done that actually showed that stories activate a hormone in our bodies called oxytocin. Now, if you've never heard of it, that is actually the love hormone. It's what makes us fall in love. So it... Stories activate that. It creates that sense of a human bond. So that's the whole know and like factor that begins to happen. And stories actually are a catalyst for that. Then they did another study. There was Washington University did a study where they put people into an MRI machine and they either read to them or they showed the movies and then watched what happened in their brains. Well, if they showed them just facts and statistics, only one small area of their brain would light up to the area that had to do with language. And it wasn't very exciting. And, you know, as we all know, if we watch those PowerPoints, with you know, the bullet, all the bullet points, we all go to sleep in those. 
But when they told them stories or showed them movies, what was interesting was the areas of their brains would light up that you would have expected them to light up if they were physically experiencing the story. In other words, whatever's happening in the story, our brains don't know the difference. We we experience them as though it was happening to us. And if you know, if we think that, you know, maybe that's kind of out there, just think about the last time you went to a scary movie and you jumped. Now you knew that there was no monster, but when the alien comes out after Sigourney Weaver, you jump. Because your body doesn't know the difference. Your brain doesn't know it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's all these things that are happening that are activated by story. And the other really important piece of this is that our logical brain wants the world to make sense. And I don't know how many people I talk to and they say, oh, I can't do stories because I'm not creative. Well, the exciting thing here is you don't need to be. It's your logical brain that actually tells all the stories. We live our lives around a narrative. Everything that's happening to us, we narrate to ourselves. And if we can't make sense of something, we'll make up an ending. You know, we'll say, well, they cut us off in traffic because of, and, you know, and so we, we have, it has to make sense. So when we bring all those together as a business tool, we're actually connecting with people on a very human level in a way that is just innate to each one of us. You know, that's, that's so true. I, I, for the first person, could say I have no idea how to write a story. I remember when I was in kindergarten or grade one, and I got told to write a story, and I wrote a story about a pirate, which was horrible. And every time, every year after that in my English class, I got asked to write a story, and I'd write a different variation of this story about a pirate because that was as big as my creativity could go. Mm-hmm. Yet in sales, every day of the week, I tell stories about customers that I just met that we're working with and things that we're doing that are so, so exciting. And, you know, I've just, you know, I just hit, um, and which I've thanked all my listeners for many times already for helping me get to new and noteworthy within iTunes. And I tell people stories of this whenever I'm, you know, getting interviewed to be on a speaking occasion or whether I'm getting uh, interviewed to be a business coach. And continuously, I'm telling all of these stories, but I'm the same person if you tell me to write a story, I'm going to go straight back to my go-to pirate story because that's all I have. Well, and the difference is your heart is really connected with those stories that you're telling other people. So that excitement comes through. So now you're going to light up the excited parts of their brain and you're going to be in harmony together on that. I mean, people just, they resonate with each other and don't even realize they're doing it. Oh, look, I agree with you. I mean, that's the exact same reason why we went for 35 minutes in a a 20-minute podcast (laughs) because, you know, you wanted to hear the punchline. You couldn't get off the show without hearing the end of the story. And, that uh, you know, I do this with all of my interviews. Every time I get on an interview, I will be telling them a story and – I continually go and sometimes they ask more questions. So the story gets bigger and bigger. And, you know, the more times (laughs) I do it, it becomes more and more full of a story because it becomes more and more three-dimensional. However, people won't get off the phone. People won't get off the interview. People want to get to the punchline, hear the end. They can't say, okay, well, that's all we have time for. Where if I was talking facts, figures, statistics, and graphs and formulas, you'd kick me off in 19 minutes and 52 seconds. If you made it that long, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. You're right. That story, we want, we are wired to have to know how it ends. We, you just can't turn it off. I mean, and they use that on, I remember when uh, 24 was first out on, on TV, my husband and I were, we downloaded the whole season, we we're watching it, and we finally realized if the only way we were ever going to get to bed at night was if we turned the story off in the middle 
so that we weren't left hanging and had to know what the next thing was that was going on. <laughs> I'm the same. And look, you'll notice a lot of people will do that now. I know that there were a lot of TV series, um, you know, Heroes, Prison Break, so many where people couldn't physically watch a season. They'd have to get all of them on DVD set and watch them all together because otherwise they just, you know, they couldn't handle it. And then they'd stop before the end because they'd be like, oh, that's going to be a cliffhanger. I'm not taking this risk. That's going to be six months of my life in stress. It's just not worth it. So yeah, I I completely get it. You've, you've refined it a little bit further, haven't you? You've, you've sort of broken it down into seven types of stories. Well, the seven types of stories that I've identified so far that can be used in a business. And it's not like sales or or introductions, but the kinds of stories that the classifications that a story can fall into. And I'll give you some examples of the way businesses use them. First off, there's the overcoming story, which is like David and Goliath or Sigourney Weaver and Alien. And Apple did a great ad on that. If you go on uh, YouTube, and look at Apple's attack on Big Brother in 1984. They were talking about bringing out the Macintosh at that time and just changing the world and what it was going to be. And that was a great overcoming story. It's a brilliant ad, by the way. Then there's the rebirth story, which in movies you'd think it's a wonderful life. That's a good example of it. Prudential used to have an ad out called Day One, which was would help people who were facing retirement realize that it wasn't the end. It was the beginning. So it was a brilliant use of that idea of rebirth. There's a quest story, which we all know Lord of the Rings is, is a brilliant example of that. And we identify with brands that are always looking for perfection, like IBM and Lexus. They have a quest looking for the, the, the brand that is just going to, you know, personify perfection. Then there's Journey and Return. And in movies, we think of The Wizard of Oz. I like to think of Corona beers for this one because we talk about finding your beach. That's their tagline. And, and getting out there and then coming back to real life. So it's a good example of that journey in return. Rags to Riches, which would be a Cinderella story, and Johnny Walker, you know, the Scottish farmer to, to global. Well, you see that a lot as well in the skin demographic. People contrive stories of how they weren't always successful. I know Kerwin Ray talks about being dyslexic, which, you know, I'm dyslexic also, so I mm-hmm. identify with that. And all of a sudden, he became my favorite speaker when I was 18. And you've got people like... Robert Kiyosaki, that talks about the fact that he was living out of his car with his wife and people can identify with those. These are the stories that people say, okay, I get it. This guy or this girl has been through it. They've been where I am and they've made it rich from them. It's absolutely true because we have to identify with people. We can't identify with perfection. Even people like Sir Richard Branson talk about first business venture came because their, I think it was a grandmother that lent him a few thousand dollars to start a business and she borrowed that money off her own house. And people love these stories because it offers hope. And that's really what we're looking for in a story. How do you offer hope to the person who's listening to you? Whatever their problem is, their problem might simply be that they're trying to achieve a dream that they've always had. They don't have to be facing like, you know, a a terminal illness or something. But we want to always offer hope. And that's why I love the rags to riches stories, because that's, that's really what we're looking for. It's what we're willing to show. And the more we're willing to share our humanness, the more we can get that no like, and trust factor going. But there's a real – I just wrote about this the other day. There's a real fine line of between manipulating emotions and actually helping people understand that you, you understand them. And the way you do that is you always hold, what is it I want for this other person? What do I want them to learn from my experience that's going to help them? Then it totally is out of that whole manipulation realm. 
Well, it's funny. I actually, I held back the fact that I was dyslexic for a very long period of time. I mean, I, I now freely will talk about the fact that I had a reading speed of a sixth grader when I was in late high school. However, I didn't talk about it for two reasons. I convinced myself that the reason why I was not talking about it was because I didn't want to manipulate people uh, into feeling, well, if I can do it, everybody can. But the mm-hmm. real reason I didn't want it is I didn't want to share it with people. And I had yeah. to make that realization that I wanted, to, I, I was happy to share it with people to make them feel comfortable that they could achieve it too. And realized that I was actually speaking to a whole demographic. And, you know, I, I have what's called scotomic sensitivity syndrome, not dyslexia, but they're very, very similar. And, you know, it can be fixed by a set of glasses. And yet 90% of people never know that they have it, think they have dyslexia, and, you know, it can be rectified. Yet, mm-hmm. you know, I started learning how to read from the age of 18 once I, I finally got diagnosed with the problem. And, you know, me not sharing that story and me not being open about it meant people didn't get to find out about the condition. And as a result, they may not have ended up with the glasses. I was doing people a disservice being in front of people, talking to people. And the same thing for me. When I first went into business coaching, I I would not tell people that in my 20s, I lost a business and we lost everything, our home and everything. And I thought, how can I tell people that as when I'm a business coach? Now, it was like 20 years further on, but it's still was I didn't know how to use it to help other people. And then finally one day I realized the biggest lesson I got from that was all that stuff that I lost was just stuff. And because of that, I didn't have fear around trying something else because I knew I could replace it all. And so now I could help people understand, let go of the stuff because that's what's a lot of time is what keeping us afraid. We're afraid we're going to lose something. And sometimes you got to lose it to get something bigger. So that was changing that story around and seeing in my head how it could serve others really made it powerful. And, and people, when I tell that story now, they, they can connect to it. And, and I often have people say, wow, you, you really do get it because we allow ourselves to be human and be seen as humans. There's a quote, the things you own end up owning you. Will Smith also has one that says, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. Yeah, it's so true. So and the, the rags and riches stories really do work because people do want to see people come from nothing. And your story of losing everything, people would identify with that because you've made it, you've lost it, you've made it again. That's somebody you can get behind. And to not share that story, as, mm-hmm. I, as, as I was doing people a disservice by not talking about you know, my yes. reading conditions, you were doing customers a disservice by not sharing that. And it's so great that you've brought that message out and you're now sharing it with people comfortably. And you should have seen my husband's face the first time I told it, but he's good with it now too. (laughs) So I need to know the end of the story. What are the last two? Well, the last two are actually ones that we don't use so much in business, but they can be done. Well, tragedy is one. and And I just recommend stay away from that completely. And I Prudential at the Super Bowl really had a misstep with that one because they brought in that accident commercial and bad timing. People are having a party and watching a ball game and then they, they've come in with this real downer. It's usually not a good story to to use in business because it, it's not positive. It doesn't offer hope. The other one is comedy and that's, that's hard to do. Um, but if you get it right, it'll go viral. And one company that really does do it well is Geico with their little gecko that runs around and does stuff. They, they get it right. So if you get people laughing and thinking not just poking fun at someone, then you can use comedy effectively. But it not doesn't need to be the focus of the story. It needs to be part of a bigger story. 
It's it's funny. I've actually just seen one. Uh, one of the one of my clients that I coach actually suggested one. It's called the Conference Call, and it's on YouTube. So you should definitely hop onto YouTube and check it out. And while you're there, of course, you should definitely subscribe to the Better Business Coach channel. However, this conference call was all about you know what it was like to be on a conference call, and it was people around a boardroom, but they were mimicking like what it was supposed to be on a conference call, and it's you know. <laughs> Somebody all of a sudden is talking and then they're outside the room and then another person is talking and then there's a dog sounding and then they get an email saying, oh, you know, drink specials in, in five minutes. So they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going into a tunnel. And then people keep dropping in and dropping out. Yeah. They're all just sitting <laughs> yeah. around the boardroom table. It's hilarious. And they used comedy so, so well. And it was, of course, it was a commercial. And though I, I actually never heard of the brand before, they've had millions of views and you know a lot of people put a, a youtube commercial up and maybe get one or two and you pay that sort of money to be in front of the super bowl to get that sort of audience yeah but i love what you're talking about with that that conference call and i am going to look that up is people do want to be entertained i mean it, and they, they say that's just happening now but i think it's always been the case we want something that's going to catch our attention that we can talk about and if you get the right story you don't even have to repeat it. Your customers are going to repeat it for you. And, and you know, the people that are good, like you and I talking about this, um, you get word of mouth going. That's powerful. And you can't pay enough money for that. Yeah, look, definitely. I agree. And, you know, I continually follow, you know, stories and I get behind people. And it's just one of those things that it just works because it gets past people's logical barriers that they shouldn't accept the premise of this. And, you know, we were talking on your show uh, I just, uh, and I think that's just about to launch. So we should, and we'll talk about your podcast in a second because people should definitely check that session out. But, you know, we were, you know, we were talking about the fact that, you know, when you tell the story about Goldilocks and the three bears, you have to accept the premise that a bear owns a house and they own beds and they have porridge. Mm-hmm. And yet you're willing to accept that because it's a story. Yet, for some reason, people aren't going to, people don't tell stories when they're talking about their products and services when, even when you're talking stories about customers that you've had that have had great things happen, they have to accept those premises as well because you're telling a story about someone else. So their logical mind not engaged. Well, when and, and we talked about this the other day, the idea that when people think a sales pitch is going to happen, all of their filters go in place. But if they think it's going to be a story, when you say to them, let me tell you a story, they drop the filters because of the science that we talk that's behind it. And people lean in and they want to hear it. So it's it's such a powerful tool to open up that space so that people will actually engage with you and drop the filters, which is what you're really looking for. Definitely right. Before we go any further, guys, I will let you know I will put a link on the website to that conference call video so you don't have to go searching crazily on YouTube. So just go to betterbusinesscoachpodcast.com or matthewpollard.guru and you'll be able to access that video as part of the show notes. However, I also know that people are going to want to get in contact with you as well, April. So how would we do that? And I know you've got a special gift or, or something you've organized for our listeners, which I really appreciate. So if you could share that information as well. Well, my podcast is boulderbusinesspodcast.com, and it's been around for a while, but we're just switching over now to really hone in on story. My website is boulderbiz.com, and on, on there, either one actually, I have a – it's a PDF at the moment. It's called 21 Ways to Use Story in Your Business, How to Grow Your Business Through Story. And it's worksheets and some ideas and just kind of a 
a way to trigger great ideas around story and where to use them. And I'm letting people know first here, because you and I talked about this, Matthew, I am going to be redoing this as a video. If they get the on my mailing list with the PDF, they will get the new video series when it comes down. They'll be the first ones to know about that. That is awesome. So get on that mailing list, guys. It's about stories. Trust me, as a business coach, you do need to know how to tell stories, whether it's telling stories to acquire customers or whether it's telling stories to get customers to identify that they have a problem or feel comfortable to have a problem that so many other people have. Stories is one of those things you just have to know. So, look, April, thank you so much for being on our show. You've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Matthew. I've had a great time. So, everybody, thank you very much again for tuning in to the Better Business Coach podcast. If you haven't had a chance already, please take a second to subscribe to the Better Business Coach podcast on iTunes. It really only takes 30 seconds. So, please, I would really appreciate it. But for those that already have, I really, really cannot talk enough about how much I value the subscriptions, the reviews, and the star ratings that drove us to new and noteworthy. So thank you very much again. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Better Business Coach Podcast. Head over to matthewpollard.guru for links, recaps, and any downloadable templates mentioned in this and every show. Also, if you've not already rated our new podcast in iTunes, we'd love your support. Simply leave a review and the star rating you think worthy. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you in advance and see you next time.